0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk If you'd like to join us in person our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. This week is the... Um... 70th Passover since Israel returned to the land in 1948 it's a time when the exodus from Egypt is remembered and it's so poignant that they say this Passover is going to have the highest percentage of Jews honoring this feast 97% and what this actually symbolizes for them and what we can see from the Bible is Israel has had many exoduses but none greater than the one from Egypt, and next Exodus where they return back to the land in 1948 from the four corners of the earth. But when we consider any nation in the Bible, as we're doing through this programme, it has to be assessed relative to its relationship with God's people, Israel. And I suggest that all nations that have come into contact with God's children leave a pattern for us to learn from. And Egypt as a nation is mentioned more times than any other nation, whether it's actually as a nation, or whether it's as their ways or their behaviours, they are mentioned more times than any other nation besides Israel in the Bible. And they've had an impact in the lives of the people and on the nation of Israel. It borders onto the lands of as Israel. It's bounded on the north by Lebanon, by the northeast by Syria, and then on the east by Jordan and the West Bank. And to the southwest is Egypt. Now, nations, many nations have impacted on Israel with great significance or not. Uh, Babylon we can think of. We can think of the Assyrians. We can think of the Greeks, the Philistines. and finally that we can think of the Romans. And yet, I'm going to suggest that this nation has probably been one of the greatest protagonists to the children of Israel. And what we'll see that God is dealing with this nation is giving us fundamental lessons for us in our days to learn from. We can even think of things like from baptism to trusting in God, who we serve. And yet, this nation, even as we can speak now, is still an enemy of the children of Israel. And we can just go back some years to 1967 and what's called the Six Day War. Where Nasser wanted to eradicate Israel from the face of the earth. And we can see from this uh, first map there that that's the end of the after 1967 war. And we can see that how Israel has gone all the way down to a lap. But it's still bordered by Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and then above that, we know we've got Iraq and Iran and Saudi Arabia. So, if you like, for use of a better word, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, is surrounded on all sides by its enemies, and it's backed up to the Mediterranean Sea. And yet, we saw there in our reading that God spoke of He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. He warned Abraham that he was not to go into the land of Egypt and what we're going to look at is we're going to look at how the children of Israel ended up being in um, that land we'll think about how Joseph was sold to the Midianites and then subsequently sold on to uh, the Egyptians it was in this land that we'll see that the children of Israel were slaves to the Egyptians And it will tell us the story of how Israel first went into into exile. And it was a pattern that was to shadow over Israel throughout their existence, whether that was exiled by nations or exiled from the word of God. It was a punishment, a necessary punishment for their disobedience of God. Or also, it could also show, as we'll see today, the salvation of God as he passed over the land of Egypt so as we mentioned earlier, there was a greater famine. there was a great famine in the land. So Joseph was one of the sons of Jacob, and his brothers were very jealous of him, and they threw him into a pit, and they sold him to the Midianites. And yet what we know is that Joseph prospered um, in the land of Egypt, and eventually became the second most powerful man in Egypt after Pharaoh if we could just look at Genesis chapter 41 to to read about that so Joseph was the son of, of Jacob Abraham, Isaac and of Jacob and he's taken as a prisoner into the land of Egypt and yet he excels because he's blessed by God he's looked after by God and it says in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 38 we'll start at Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put the gold necklace around his neck. He had him ride in his second chariot and they proclaimed before him, Bow the knee and he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission, no one shall raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. A Pharaoh named Joseph Zaphaneth Paneah, and he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, as his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land of Egypt. So we can see Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the land, is proclaiming that Joseph is almost to be his right hand man Joseph who had been sold as a slave into the land of Egypt but as we'll see this is part of God's divine providence with his people because it was said there it was not you who sent me here Joseph said but God and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord over his household and a ruler over all the land of Egypt. But let's just move on. Let's just go to Genesis chapter 50. So, you might want to look at the story yourself later, but we're moving on here. And Joseph is the right hand man of Pharaoh. But the conditions were not to remain so. The conditions that were benefiting Joseph, that would benefit his father and his brothers when he came to him, and that would benefit all Israel in that they would not die in the famine that was coming across the land, all this would change. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 22. And it says, Now Joseph stayed in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw the third generation of Ephraim's son, also the son of Micah, the son of Manasseh, were born on Joseph's knee. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die but God will surely take care of you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised on oath to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. Now that's the land that we read about in Exodus chapter 3 the land that would have the Canaanites in the Hivites the Perizzites and the Jebusites the promised land that Joshua was to take the people into. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear saying God will surely take care of you. And you shall carry my bones up from here, so Joseph died at the age of a hundred and ten years, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. So Joseph, who then had the power in the land, had died, and the children of Israel were ensconced in the land of Egypt. But worse was to follow, because the children of Israel stayed in Egypt, they became fruitful. They increased greatly, they multiplied, they became exceedingly mighty, so the land was filled with them. Yet dark clouds gathered in Egypt, and a new Pharaoh came to the throne. Exodus chapter 1. You can think of other times in history, can't you, where Israel had been blamed, where they'd become exceedingly wealthy, and grown as a nation, and people have wanted to eradicate them. And the same is happening here in Exodus and chapter uh, 1. Now these are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. There came each one with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the persons who came from the loins of Jacob were 70 in number, but Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation, but the sons of Israel were fruitful. They increased greatly, they multiplied, they became exceedingly mighty, so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, or else they will multiply. And in the event of war they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us. And they will depart from the land. So you can see this Pharaoh of Egypt is concerned about the children of Israel. How they're growing, how they're becoming mighty in the land. And how he's concerned that they may join with his enemies and try to take over the land. Yet as we read, there was divine guidance through Moses. And he was to save Uh, his people he was the one who was to lead the people out of the land so this Pharaoh made the children of Israel uh, slaves let's just look at Exodus chapter 3 again in verse 10 and like I say probably need to read the whole um, story yourself we're just trying to pick these things out about Egypt therefore verse 10 of Exodus 3 come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people the sons of Israel out of Egypt but Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt and he said certainly I will be with you and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt you shall worship God at this mountain it will be a sign Moses when you bring the people out of Egypt, that I am God. I am the one who is with them. I am who I am. I will be the one who brings them into the land that I have promised to them. Moses fled Egypt at the age of 40. And then he was 40 years preparing himself in the wilderness. But he was to lead the people out of this land of Egypt. Can we go to Exodus chapter 7, please? We're just doing a potted history here of Israel in the land of Egypt. And it said, The Lord said to Moses, See, I made you as a god to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. And when Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my host, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the reason he did that is because then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. So Moses and Aaron did it and the consequence of this was all these plagues which we can see there in the chapters of Exodus all to show that the Lord God was with his people Israel all those plagues were to come upon them and yet we're going to look at the final one the death of the firstborn if we go to Exodus chapter 12 please Every time they went with these plagues and the blood which was on the, on the river Nile. The river Nile which the Egyptians worshipped. The Egyptians were a very idolatrous nation. They had gods for everything. He eventually came to the death of uh, the firstborn. Every time a plague came Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He agreed to let them go and then he reneged on his word. That is, until the last plague. We'll go to Exodus chapter 12, if we could, and we'll read this together. Now the Lord said to Moses, verse 1, and Aaron in, in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. So this is the establishment, this is the start of the nation. It will be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth month of this year you are to take a lamb, For yourselves according to your father's household A lamb for each household Now the household is too small for a lamb Then he and his neighbour nearest to his house Are to take one according to the number of persons in them Verse 5 Your lamb shall be an unblemished male A year old You may take it from the sheep Or from the goats You will then keep it for the 14th day of the month And then the whole assembly of the congregation Of Israel Is to kill it together then verse 7 says do you then take the blood from that lamb you put it on the doorpost on the lintels of the house you will eat the flesh roasted with fire and with unleavened bread and bitter herbs this is the same Passover as the Jews have celebrated this week do not eat of any of it raw or broiled and you shall not leave any of it verse 10 until the morning and then it says now you shall eat it verse 11 in this manner your loins girded your sandals on your feet your staff in your hand you will be ready you will eat it in haste it is the Lord's Passover and the reason it was called that it says I will go through the land of Egypt on this night I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment I am the Lord And that blood, the blood of the Lamb, shall be a sign for you on the house where you live. And I will see the blood, and I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So in essence, destroying the firstborn was almost trying to destroy the nation. And it was the blood on the doors and the lintel posts that were to save the children of Israel. But let's just look at verse 23. The Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the doorpost, the Lord will pass over. And he will not allow the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And you will observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. When you enter the promised land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall observe this rite. And when your children say to you, what does this rite mean to you? You will say, it's a Passover sacrifice to the Lord. We passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt, when He smote the Egyptians, but spared our homes, and the people bowed low and worshipped. And this is exactly what happened when they went into land. When Joshua took them into the promised land, the first thing they did is they celebrated the Passover of coming out of the land of Egypt. But what does all this kind of mean to us today? What effect does the nation of Egypt have on us today? What effect does the nation of Egypt have on, on, on Israel uh, today? But before we answer that question, just turn over to Exodus chapter 14. And what we have is we have the, all the firstborn of, Israel, of Egypt destroyed. The children of Israel leave. They flee from the land of Egypt, led out by Moses. And then it says in verse 10. As Pharaoh drew near the sons of Israel looked. And behold the Egyptians were marching after them. The Egyptians went out after the children of Israel. To destroy them. ere they'd lost all their slaves. And they didn't want the people to flee the land. So the Egyptians are behind the children of Israel. And in front of the children of Israel. Is the Red Sea. So for use of a better word. A verse, they're in between a rock and a hard place. And the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us like this, Moses? Why have you brought us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone we don't want to be bothered let us serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness so the children of Israel couldn't see what the Lord God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob was doing through him where he was bringing them out of the land of Egypt and he was showing their salvation because it says in verse 13 but Moses said to the people do not fear stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord and we know what happened the Red Sea parted before them the children of Israel went across, the Egyptian army came and they went to go across the Red Sea and we know the Red Sea folded over them and took all away the Egyptians and it says the Egyptians that you see today you will see no more Do not fear, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. But the children of Israel always sought for a sign, just as the people did, desiring a miracle of Jesus. And yet we can look at the word of God and see how many signs and wonders and yet, within no time, they passed through the Red Sea. They'd seen a wonderful miracle. They'd been safe from the Egyptians. And yet, within no time, they were drifting away from the Lord of heaven and earth. And God wanted the children to remember that deliverance. He wanted to remember them coming out of Egypt, that nation of Egypt, that He had brought them out, He had saved them from that land let's just go to the New Testament now and let's have a look at Acts and Stephen highlights the relevance of this event when he's accused by the synagogue of freedmen, and he's brought before the council um, of the Sanhedrin with the accusation that he has spoken blasphemous words against Moses and against God now that's interesting isn't it that the, these who are accused accusing him put Moses before God and that's probably a lot what they they do now Moses' law is is so important to them and the traditions um, than God but in his defence he recalls Moses and his rescue from the death of the firstborn Um, Acts chapter 7 and verse 9 And it says there, the patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and they sold him into Egypt, as, as we've seen. Yet God was with him and he rescued him from all his afflictions. And he gave him wisdom and favour in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his household. So that's confirming what we've, we've already said. Verse 11 says, now a famine came over all Egypt and Canaan and there was, there was great Um, affliction verse 14 Joseph sent word and invited Jacob his father and his relatives to come to him and Jacob went down to Egypt and there he and our fathers died verse 17 but as the time of promise was approaching which God had assured to Abraham the people increased and multiplied in Egypt as we said until there arose another king over Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph And it was he who took shrewd advantage of our people and mistreated our people so that they would expose their infants and they would not survive. It was at this time that Moses was born and he was lovely in the sight of God and he was nurtured three months in his father's home. And after he had been set aside Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. And Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. He was a man of power in words and deeds. But when he approached 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, he struck down the Egyptian and thought his brothers would understand. But they did not but the one who was injuring his neighbour verse 27 saying who made you Moses a ruler and a judge over hoods you do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday do you at this Moses fled to the land of Midian where he was for 40 years it says in verse 30 <coughs> but then he says in verse 35 this Moses whom they disowned saying who made you ruler and judge is the one whom God sent to be both a ruler and a deliverer, with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the thorn bush this man led them out performing wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years this is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren and that prophet was to be the Lord Jesus Christ so the events in Egypt were to be a pattern of things to come the people were brought out of Egypt through the Red Sea they were in the wilderness then led into the promised land and who led them into the promised land not Moses but Joshua or the word means Yehoshua now come with me now with your word to Hebrews chapter 11 as we try to bring things together now Hebrews chapter 11 so thinking about what we've read in Exodus and then thinking about Stephen's defence there in front of Sanhedrin and Hebrews chapter 11 tells us it's talking about those of faith those who have faith and it says all these died in faith we've got abraham we've got isaac we've got jacob without receiving the promises but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and that they were exiles on the earth but then verse 23 continues by faith moses we've read about when he was born was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the edict which pharaoh had pronounced that all the firstborn of israel should be killed by faith moses when he had grown up refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter why did he do that well he chose rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin so he he rather would be a children a child of the son of God rather than to have all the pleasures all the riches all the things that could be offered by the Egyptians verse 26 he considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking he was looking forward to the reward. And by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the Pharaoh, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkling of the blood. Okay, just come back to Matthew 8 just to um, finish off. Got one more. Matthew, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 7 so what was given to Abraham Isaac and to Jacob and to Moses and to David were covenants that they were the chosen ones, they were the people of God, that God would, be, God would be with them, God would deliver them, God would save them and yet he would punish his people as he did with the Egyptians the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Greeks and the Romans and yet Romans chapter 8 tells us of a new covenant And it says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no reason for a second. For finding fault with him, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord God, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers on that day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant and I did not care for them God says For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel After those days says the Lord I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God They shall be my people and they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and every one his brother saying know the Lord for all will know me from the least to the greatest of them we spoke about the greater prophet than Moses the Lord Jesus he is the one who has heralded in this new covenant the old covenant was a type and here was the new covenant brought in by the Lord Jesus but finally come to Matthew chapter 2 and how things link up when we consider Moses was in the Uh, land of Egypt and the Pharaoh said every firstborn that is born of a Hebrew was to be killed and as we know from the Bible he was kept for three months then he was put in an ark of bulrushes and he was sailed and Pharaoh's daughter took him out of the water and he became almost as an Egyptian so he was in the land of Egypt and then they were called out of the land of of egypt but when the lord jesus christ was born there was a man who was the king of israel if you like in the land of israel who was herod and he heard of the new king being born and this moved him to order the killing of all the children from two years old and downwards look at matthew chapter two and verse 13 and see what happens Now when they had gone behold an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said get up take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt and he remained there until the death of Herod. And then it said. This was to fulfill. What had been spoken by the Lord. Through the prophet. Where it says. Out of Egypt. I called. My son. And it's actually from Exodus chapter 4. Where it says. When Israel was a youth I loved him. And out of Egypt. I called my son. Sorry Hosea. And then shall you say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn. So I said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. So when we see any nation in the Bible, there is a lesson for us to learn of how God deals with that nation and how that nation deal with his children of Israel. So do we think that that's the only time that Egypt have had any dealings with the children of Israel? Um, of Israel well there's been many accounts in the Bible where they have had dealings with uh, the children of Israel but as we said right at the beginning in 1967 as we said Nasser made noises that it was going to wipe Israel off the face um, of the earth a nation that had only been there since 1948 and yet Israel at 6.45am in the morning set off to Egypt against all odds with older planes than the egyptians the egyptian and new russian fighters and within 12 hours had totally destroyed the whole of the egyptian air force the israeli air force then turned their sights to the jordanians who were looked at before on the map and to the syrians and destroyed their air force and what that happened then was they had no support for their armies within six days, Israel had pushed through to where he saw, to Alat. But most importantly, they pushed through and got Jerusalem back. And they prayed there at the Western world. So when we look at nations in the Bible, look at how they're connected with God. Look at what God is telling us through his people and through that nation. And that is the nation of Egypt that we've looked at this afternoon thank you we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads videos information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website ormsgurk christadelphians.org.uk